All right, guys, it's good to be back with you today on a very special day for the In Focus podcast to take another fresh look at the Bible and a very big Christian idea and how they can bring the world into better focus and empower us to live a more eternal kind of life within it. Today's episode is part three of three coming to us from Holy Week 2020, uh, which was also a video series recorded for my YouTube channel. And today's uh, episode can actually be viewed at the link included in the show notes. Uh, But anyway, it's great to be with you again, and I hope you enjoy today's episode on Resurrection Sunday. Good morning and happy Resurrection Sunday. Uh, Though I am uh, missing seeing everybody this morning, uh, being scattered around doesn't do anything to diminish the reality and the impact of our celebration today. Uh, that Jesus, our King, is risen from the dead, and He is alive and well. Um, On Friday, we looked at Mark's account of Jesus' crucifixion and how Mark recounts that story in all of the ways that it revealed the ultimate paradox that was unfolding, that Jesus' crucifixion was, in fact, His coronation as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And yet, the events of Holy Week were not yet complete. The coronation wouldn't have meant anything, really, if the king was dead. Because a dead king has no kingdom, a dead king isn't reigning. And with Jesus in the tomb, it looked as though death was going to retain its grip on creation and humanity. And as Paul notes in his Gospel Reflections from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, starting about halfway through the chapter. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have actually perished. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied. So on that dark Saturday, while Jesus was in the tomb, uh, the disciples were defeated, hiding behind locked doors. The Jews and the Romans were no doubt relieved that the disturbance had passed and that things could now quiet down and get back to normal. But the story wasn't over and Holy Week was not yet complete. And throughout Mark's gospel, he highlights the kingdom side of the story. The gospel we learn immediately is the good news of God's kingdom at hand in and through its king, Jesus. Everything drives forward to the coronation of the king at the crucifixion. And Mark wants to be sure that we get it, that Jesus's story is a kingdom story. But John frames things a little bit differently in order to help us recognize another crucial aspect of Jesus's story and what was taking place. Whereas Mark grabs our attention right away with the gospel of the kingdom in chapter 1, verse 15, John does so a little bit differently. He begins his gospel account with some very familiar words, in the beginning. And we know what happened in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. He created people. He created everything. And it was all very good. 
But then humanity rebelled and things fell apart in some catastrophic ways. Sin, disease, evil, death. Uh, Yeah, John, we are familiar with that story. We experience it every day and it's our story. So why are you taking us back to that story, the story of creation, in order to tell us the story of Jesus? And to restate that question a little differently, why are you telling the story of Jesus as a story of creation? Holding that question in our hearts and minds, uh, let's now jump ahead to Resurrection Sunday to see how this story is going to pick up uh, beginning around John chapter 19, verse 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, and Mary stood outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was him. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, don't cling to me for I'm not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And he that he had said these things to her. And on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So in this chapter and throughout John's recounting of the story of Resurrection Sunday, there are a number of times that we see John presumably intentionally echoing the story of creation. He wants us to be sure that we don't miss the context of the resurrection in the garden on the first day of the week. And then we see Mary initially mistaking Jesus to be the gardener. And then again, John repeats, on the first day of the week, Jesus breathes the spirit of God into the disciples. So not only is the king alive and well, a new day has dawned. And not just any new day, the first day of the new creation. So in Jesus... The new creation comes exploding backward from the future into the present. Uh, That life has been breathed into Jesus' disciples, a present reality, even as we await the full manifestation of Jesus' kingdom at his return. Um, But John, again, uh, clearly um, insists that Jesus' story is a resurrection story. It is a creation story. As Paul says it in Romans chapter 5, along with the passage we looked at earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the new Adam has come. From the first Adam came death, but from the new Adam has come uh, the defeat of death, the eternal and ultimately um, final renewal of all creation and new life in Jesus. So amen to that. What a story this is. The kingdom of God, the new creation, the fulfillment of all God's plans and purposes and promises from the very beginning to the new beginning. Uh, We have got something to celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday. So may God capture your hearts and minds today with the good news of our resurrected King the availability of life in and under his reign and in his kingdom. And may you be filled with the Holy Spirit and experience every single day a taste of the new creation here and now. That resurrection life that will one day be ours in fullness as followers and servants of the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, Jesus the Christ. I love you all and have a wonderful Easter. All right. Well, there you have it for our series coming to us from YouTube on Holy Week 2020. If today's episode helped bring your world into a little better focus, please give it a good rating and review in order to help others find it. You can also share it directly with your friends via social media or word of mouth. Either way is fine with me. If you'd like to hear some thoughts about something specific from the Bible or a particular big Christian idea that could help bring your world into better focus, please email me using the address included in the show notes. I would certainly love to hear from you. Otherwise, until next time, thanks for being a friend of the show and for tuning in to the In Focus podcast. May your world continue coming into clearer focus 
And may God lead you into an increasingly eternal kind of life before him. I'll talk to you later.